0: hey guys welcome to the improvement podcast where the mission is to help young men develop their character identity and mindset in order to activate their potential and achieve their goals in life on today's episode of improvement we have on another special guest his name is oliver marcel he is a speaker author and marriage coach thank you for coming to the show oliver
1: man thank you it's my pleasure looking forward to this conversation yeah likewise i think we're going to touch
0: on some really good stuff in this conversation And so uh, just to give the listeners a little bit more information
1: about you, uh, could you tell them a little bit more about what you do? Sure. Absolutely. Um, I am passionate about all things, marriage enrichment and men's empowerment, just to put it in a nutshell. Um, Everything that we do is about seeing relationships thrive specifically with relationships. We help married couples communicate without frustration and judgment uh, build Uh, intimacy, and basically give them the tools to build the relationship of their dreams. And then with men, my whole goal is to empower men to do what it says on my T-shirt, achieve 2020 before hindsight, by just sharing my journey of self-discovery in hopes that it will be an encouragement and and some level of enrichment along their journey. And that's basically what I do in a nutshell. So whether it be speaking uh, virtually or in person or through the book that I wrote or through in you know conversations like this one that's about to happen um that's the goal man just to enrich on on as many levels as possible
0: hey i like it and uh (laughs) i guess my next question for you would be you know of course we see we see what the value is in these things that you talk about doing like these areas where you're working in but one Mm -hmm. thing that i'm sure well that i know i would like to know and also maybe some of the listeners too is what was it that Motivated you, or what was it that was the catalyst that led
1: to you getting into these spaces and doing this type of work? It's interesting you would ask that because I don't know that I actually was intentionally moving in that direction. Mm -hmm. So I'll go way back. My wife and I have been married 21 years. I'll go all the way back to year one of our marriage. I was just, let's just, I was a wreck. I'll just use that word. I, I wasn't living the way I was supposed to live. I wasn't making the right choices that I was supposed to make. And fast forward through that story one night, because I'm now, mind you, I'm married, but I'm still kind of living like a single guy Mm -hmm. I'm out all night. I mean, it's crazy, right? One night I come in, it's like, it's got to be like four, four 30 in the morning. I remember vividly, I was reading this devotional still, even though I was in the height of my foolishness, I would read this devotional when I come in in the morning. Uh-huh. So reading through this devotional man and the, and it just dawns on me. I had and I had two little girls. So it dawns on me, listen, if you if your girls grow up and bring you home, you're going to be pissed off. And so at that moment, that was an awakening moment for me to be like, "Oh, you got to get your life together." Now at that time I had no idea that 20 years later this is the space that I would be in. But at that moment, I started to learn or unlearn a lot of the stuff that I talk about in the book started at that moment, that 430 moment where I was like, "Okay, I got to think differently. How do I do that? I got to start acting differently. What how should I be acting? I'm a husband. I'm a father. What does that really mean? Like, what do I need to do? And so that's where it started. And then fast forward years later, I just started having conversations with people. And people will be like, oh, man, we love your marriage. We love because by this time I'm doing a little bit better. I'm not perfect, but I'm doing a little bit better from what I've learned. And people are like, oh, you know, we love your marriage. We love what you're doing. And I'm like, I'm my wife and I are looking at each other like, what are you talking about? We're, we're still struggling. <laughs> and that kind of made us think, OK, maybe we should share our experience again, still not thinking about coaching, still not thinking about writing a book or none of that. We start a blog. And we're like, this is all we're going to do. We're going to share some experiences, funny, sad, whatever, share that on the blog and hope that somebody reads it and it resonates with them. Fast forwarding even further, 2015, somebody asked us to speak and we're like, really? You want us to get up in front of your congregation? Like for real? And once we do that, that was the eye opener. That was okay. God has something more for this than just us writing a couple blog entries or having some, you know, dinner conversations around the potluck table. And that's when we really started kind of digging in. I started digging in to see what this could be.
0: Hmm. Okay. Okay. So pretty much just to kind of do a recap, what you're saying is that after you made that personal decision to change your own life Mm -hmm. and you start going through those progressions in your marriage to where, you know, things maybe not were, maybe they weren't ideal, but they were getting better. Right. people on the outside started to notice that but the people in the marriage who were <laughs> seeing all the issues you know pros and cons of it right uh, you and your wife both looked at each other and you thought uh, it's not what you think it is and so it went from just being a thing where you were offering transparency and giving people like a a realistic look at what yeah. was going on with you to the point to where it started to turn into something that people really saw a lot of value in and so people started coming to you to gain that perspective through different means, speaking to congregations,
1: doing speaking events. That's what you're saying? Yeah, and and what's crazy is, what I realized in that process is that people actually want to see the process. Mm-hmm. And what I've noticed is there there's some, and, and this even happened to me, I would go to marriage events and go to seminars and that kind of thing, and I'd leave with the, I coined this phrase, I'd leave with what I call conceptual knowledge. Right. So here's an example of conceptual knowledge. I bet you've heard this. Communication is the key to an effective relationship. I've heard it. Yeah. Everybody has. The question I have now is, what can I do with that when I leave this seminar? Because I can't in the the heated argument, I can't look at my wife and be like, well, communication is the key to a successful relationship. (laughs) She'll be like, dude, get out of here. Like, what does that mean? And so what we realized is that people actually want to hear the process. And so the things that we thought were insignificant in our journey ended up being the very things that allow people to resonate with with us and what we do. And so that's kind of been our calling card, the everything that we put out. I'm not gonna say everything. That's that's not accurate. I'll say 90 percent of what we put out. If we put out a tip, a video or something like that, you can probably bank on the fact that it's something we already went through. And that's why we're sharing it. And so that's been that's kind of how things have progressed for us, man. We've just, like I said in the beginning, I'm just sharing my journey. I'm sharing that when I learn the lesson, I turn around and share, you know, share it in hopes that you know somebody else would be like, oh man, so man, he's he went through that too. Like, I wouldn't think that he would go through that. And, and it's been beneficial, man, to to take that approach. It is great that it's working for you. And something that uh,
0: that really caught my attention in what you said when you talked about communication is the key you know, mm-hmm. to a relationship and all that is. That was one of the things that I was kind of scared of with the type of content that I make, because honestly, when I listen to like motivational content or like the stuff with like all the different quotes from like Jim Rohn and all these other people, it's kind of same thing that you're talking about where it's like, OK, yeah. The quote makes sense. But then when you actually get into those moments where that knowledge be able to be applied, you don't really have the framework, I guess you can say, or maybe like the examples, like what you give me your content to actually be able to see, okay, how do I use the quote unquote knowledge that I got from this quote to actually help me? And so, yeah, that's the thing that uh, I think is really great about what you said. It's going past just like the surface level Buzzword stuff that really just sounds good, and it gets to where your content is something that people can actually really gain insights from and actually get answers from and be able to make changes, as opposed to just having like a a quote that they can that they can um say to somebody here and there. And so I think that that's great.
1: Yeah, I I agree with that. It's it's important because if you think about it, yes. For example, we're both men, right? So because we're both men, that automatically uh, aligns us in some very general ways. Right. Right. But you're a little bit younger than me. I'm a little bit older than you. My life situation is different than yours. Your career is different than mine. So all of these other legs and caveats, they require alignment to certain things. And so I can't take everything that aligns to me and just cookie cutter, put it over top of you. It's not going to work. Right. There has to be some ways and some adjustments and some different things, ideologies that have to be tweaked in a way that they align to you so that when the application is necessary, it works for you. And, and we we have to we got to do a better job of doing that with individuals that we deal with, whether it be in the coaching space or whether it be just in personal relationships. We have got to understand that, hey, your view of the world is going to be a little bit different than mine based on whether it's family of origin, based on whatever the situation may be, we got to be able to craft ideology and construct strategy that is conducive to that person's success specifically. Hmm.
0: I think that's a great point because when you go into like the self-improvement space and all that personal development, you have all these different methods that you can take to solve the same problem. And, you know, some guru might tell you this is what you need to do. Someone else might say something else. And something that I got into a bad habit of was saying, "Okay, this person's wrong. Don't listen to any of the stuff they say. Listen, this person, they haven't figured out. But as I got older, I guess you could say the stance that I took after that was that some approaches just flat flat out aren't going to work for some people. Like you said, people aren't just I mean, processes and all that can't just be cookie cutter to each different person different people have different skills, different makeups, different ways that they learn, different ways that they interact. And so there might be other methods that might work better for them. And I think one thing that comes with, uh, I guess, probably what you're coaching is that even though you're not giving them that like cookie cutter thing from like your specific situation, what I would imagine is that you're giving them a strong enough understanding of what your perspective is and your experience to the point to where if there is something in that method that really aligns with them, they can Crafted with
1: that awareness that they have to be able to apply it to them. Is that what you're saying? That's that's exactly what I'm saying. And 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 you said it perfectly. So what what we do is we look at the individual and there's some ways that we go about it, uh, assessments and different things to create a baseline that allows us to be very specific in our approach with that individual, with that couple. The beauty of of me being married 21 years is that I'm not going to say I've gone through everything, but I've gone through a lot. And so I'm able to use my experience and my journey as supplemental examples for whatever the specific strategy is that we're crafting for the particular couple. So, for example, if I'm talking to a couple about using um, or I'm talking to a guy, let's say, about using explanation, clarification and negotiation in effective conversation. I can use myself as an example of how I've done that in the past. Right. And so, and so that helps. So you said it perfectly. It's the mixture of crafting a strategy that works for you and using my personal life experience to, to, to help color that in a way that it's digestible and that it's, it's, it's easy to conceptualize.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. And there was another word that you used that uh, made me think of another question I'd like to ask you. You talked about alignment when it came to the different advice and everything. And something that made me think of is your own alignment, like with your identity and such, and how you might have ran into some challenges early in your marriage with you being a man of faith. And so one thing I wanted to ask you is, what would you say like that internal struggle was like whenever you were early in your marriage and you were a Christian at the time back then too, but you knew that some of the things that you were doing didn't necessarily align with uh, that identity that you had crafted for yourself out in public.
1: Man, that, that struggle, that internal struggle was something serious. And, and as I look back in hindsight, that, that struggle started early on for me, even before marriage that started. I'm. I grew up in, in Baltimore city, Baltimore, Maryland, and I grew up in a, a household that was a, a church household right but i also grew up in inner city baltimore and so the disparity between you know faith-based you know rearing and what everything what all my friends were doing in the streets always there was that tug of war right Right. and the, the one always looks more appealing than the other especially as a kid right oh i don't feel like going to church they're going here that looks more appealing And I kind of carried that all the way through high school. And then when I was in college and I could make my own decisions, I was like, hey, let me try it out. (laughs) You know, let me let me see what you know, see what this is all about. And the the disadvantage is that. Imbalance is often at play when you do that, right? You think about the church kid. That's been kind of sheltered, but I mean, I grew up in the city, so not really sheltered. But then when you make a decision to be like, okay, I'm going to figure the world out on my own, you tend to become an extremist. So instead of walking the line between what you grew up with and what you're trying to experience, you just dive right into that. Then that created a whole new, not new, but that created a different personality for me. And I didn't have any way of knowing how to prepare myself to come out of that thing that I monster that I had created to be a good husband and father. And so to answer your question, as I'm now my first year, 18 months or so of marriage, I'm struggling with. okay, this is the man that I thought I wanted to be. But that man and those man laws don't they don't align with not, you know what? I didn't even use the word align. Only thing I realized at that point was the man that I thought I wanted to be and the man laws that I had crafted and the ideologies that I had held on to, for some reason, it wasn't working in my marriage. So I was like, if I want my marriage to work, maybe I got to do something different. And that's where where I really started to kind of dig within myself. I'm like, okay, I do want my marriage to work. I resolved in my mind, I do want it to work. I do want my kids to see me at least uh, striving to be something. So, what do I need to do? And that's where the journey began. Uh, and so there are two things that uh that I struggle with
0: personally that are kind of in alignment with what you're talking about. And so I like to share them. And if it's something that you feel like you've experienced as well, let me know because I think it would offer some uh, some interesting conversation. Sure. Because I know one of the the first things that popped into my mind. With me struggling with that exact same thing you know even to this day somewhat still like at 24 first thing was uh the chaos that came from trying to play two roles one thing i'll say about it is that uh you know you can you can think you're this christian man and everything and all that but you whenever you go out on the weekend with your friends and all that and you want to be you know that street guy or whatever it is it makes it to where it's kind of like a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde sort of thing you could say. And you don't really know exactly who you are. It's like you're playing two different roles depending on whatever crowd it is you're, that you're involved with. You know, when I go to church, it's oh here, I'm, I'm pulling out my Bible and everything like that, playing that role, being a polite guy, et cetera, et cetera. But then when I'm going out to the bar, to the club or to some sort of event or like a, a party or something like that, not that same guy. And the thing that's also kind of like a a side effect of that, that I would say is the second thing that I wanted to bring up is it really kind of crushes your self-esteem because the thing is you can't play two roles. That's kind of what I had to learn. You're either going to be strong in one role, strong in the other, or you're going to be weak in both. And that was the thing, you know, I wasn't getting the results I wanted in either because I was split. Maybe if I put all my uh, strength and everything and attention into being that Christian guy, then yeah, I would actually meet my standards in that and I'd be, you know, the strong Christian man. Or maybe if I put all my effort into being that guy that's like out in the streets, I'd be better at that. But the thing is, by having that split, it made it to where I was just unsatisfied overall. And then that definitely does kind of hurt your self-esteem whenever you're seeing that you're not measuring up as a man, not only in just one role, but in two
1: man you describe my college years like literally (laughs) what you just i'm shaking my head while you're talking because i'm like this dude was like watching over me for some reason i mean i'm not not far removed from college you know i I
0: just graduated in 2020 but this is you know still like fairly recent for me so
1: yep you described it and and i'm not gonna what i'm about to say i don't want to it to come across like it's an easy fix, but I'll tell you uh, mm-hmm. over time what I had to realize and start to do was that I had to, I had to stop trying to play both roles. And what I started doing was trying to figure out what, what characteristics do I want to be a part of who I am? So when I describe myself or when other people describe me, what are the characteristics that I want to to shine forth in me? And I just started working on that. And it wasn't wasn't so that I could fit into the faith-based world or fit into the non-faith-based world. It was about who do I just want to be, period. And once I started doing that, I started to realize that no matter what the two worlds or how many ever worlds were, that I showed up as that person that I was developing in all of those. And that's when I began to get some peace because I'm telling you, I went through college doing the exact same thing. I'm I'm a musician. I was a musician for a major portion of my life, but real heavy during that time. So I was playing for churches, I was playing for choirs, um, I got a, a million pastor friends even to this day, but at the same time, I was doing every other thing you could think of that had nothing to do with that other life. And then I was like, I, I went through the same thing you went through, the, the self-esteem thing. I'm getting torn between both worlds. The worlds are starting to collide. So now I'm kind of playing myself because I'm showing up kind of reckless reckless for these church things where normally I would be clean and ready to go. And you would never know. Now it's kind of, I can't keep the worlds from colliding. So I was like, wait a minute. Nah, who do I want to be? I want to be a man of integrity. I want to be somebody who, if I give you my word, you can count on it. I want to be courteous. I want to be, I want, I don't want women to be like, Hey, you know that dude you know he's just a player he just you know i i want people to see me a certain way and that's what i started working on and that gave me some peace and it also allowed you'd be you'd be surprised how many people begin to respect you that you thought would throw shade when they realize oh he's he gonna be that way regardless you're not gonna be able to sway him or make him do anything because he's gonna be a man of integrity at church and he's gonna be a man of integrity at this party which means if something's about to get reckless, he's going to be like, I see y'all later. And they know that they can count on that. Like I have, a, you know, I, I was in a fraternity and, and the guys, even at the height of my foolishness, when I started kind of working through that, they start calling me the level headed one. <laughs> They're like, oh, he, ain't, he only going to go. But so far, like if this thing gets real rowdy, he rolling out, like he's gone. Cause he's not going to do it. And so I just started kind of building and working through that. And that helped me a lot.
0: What's interesting about what you just said is that that was kind of the inspiration behind improvement behind making the show, mm. and, you know, because it's all based on, well, I guess the transformation I've been working to make has all been based on a quote from college, which you'll see kind of relates to what you're just saying, but it was from a speech I had to remember. And the line that I always think about is be as true to a trust repose as the needle to the pole. And mm. so what that pretty much means is that your actions should align with your your morals and standards so often that people can put their trust in you to do those things like they would put into a compass to point them north and so when you're just describing that how people gain that respect for you and people always would look to you to behave in a certain type of way and saw you as like the level-headed one the person that could be more measured in their approach and help the group to settle things that's you know the exact thing that the show is all about I guess you could say developing yeah. into that strong, consistent person with a strong identity so that way you can play that role in your life, you know, in, in your house, at work, anywhere else. Yeah. Because there's a lot of value in that. And I feel like that's when you probably live your most fulfilling life, whenever you get to the point to where you're that comfortable with yourself, to where you're always in alignment, no
1: matter what the situation may be. That's it. I love it, man. I love it. And, and I don't want to sound like that you know that old g guy right but <laughs> i'm telling you i i tell guys your age all the time sharp guys like yourself like man i just can't i just sometimes a mad imag- sit back and imagine what life would be like if i had that discovery at that age because i it was well well beyond 24 right <laughs> that that night i described to you that 4 a.m night was well beyond 24 when i had that you know so i just appreciate man just just to affirm you and i know this is a conversation we're having but just to affirm you man i appreciate and i told it's funny after we had our our initial conversation i told my wife i was like man this guy's sharp (laughs) Like he's sharp. Like just from that one conversation, I was like, this dude is sharp, man. And so I I just appreciate what you're bringing to the space because it's going to help a lot of people not have to get all the way to 29, 30, 31, 32, and that be their story, right? They'll be able to see some of this stuff and hear what you're saying now and be like, oh, you know what? Okay. That works for him. I see the kind of person that he is and Oh, it's okay for me to make some decisions about my character and stick to it, and it worked for me. So I appreciate
0: that. Hey, and I, I really appreciate that too. It means a lot to me. It's always, uh, it's always good to like be affirmed that like what I'm doing is having some impact and that the stuff is good. And so I, I really appreciate that that you shared that with me about the conversation with your wife and everything. And it Indeed. shows me that you know may, maybe I might know something, huh?
1: <laughs> Indeed, absolutely, <laughs>
0: You do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You do, yeah, I appreciate it. and um something else, you know, to kind of touch on what you just said mm-hmm. about um helping people to figure these things out that we're talking about right now, it'd be great if we can dive a little bit deeper into that because I know not everybody that's listening to the show may be Christian. you know they may you know be a part of other religions or be you know agnostic or, or atheist. And so I think something that'd be really helpful is for a lot of these things that you were talking about that that you struggled with and I also mentioned I struggled with as well, you seeing how that affected your future relationships, of course, like with with your wife and like with your kids and all that, I think it'd be really great if we could kind of touch on some of these things that you struggled with to kind of paint the picture for the young guys that might be listening to see what the long-term effect of some of these things are because I can look at people in my family and see Uh, how some of these very things that I wanted to do as well affected them in the long run. But I don't think this is a conversation that a lot of guys every, you know, sit down and have with the older people in their family or much less even take the time to reflect on to see how it can affect them. You know, guys will go out to the club and all that doing the the drinking every weekend or doing all the hookups. And, you know, you'd really just see the current results, but you don't really take a look at how it's going to affect you Let's say, you know, 10, 20 years down the road when you have a wife and kids and all that, or whenever you're trying to like maybe find a wife and trying to build strong relationships with women, mm-hmm. and you see that your past is making it to where that's a little bit difficult. So can we kind of
1: dive into that a little bit? Absolutely. And absolutely. And that that's perfect because that aligns with every, with what I wrote about. So in the book, I take eight areas that I grappled with. And I mm-hmm. feel like as men, you know. I, I, I'll say people in general, right. Many grapple with these areas. So the, the areas are leadership, respect, relationships, altruism, authenticity, mental stamina, faith. And I, I kind of go through some of those areas. Right. And And what's the name of the book? The name of the book is overcoming the man laws. Okay. Overcoming the man laws. Overcoming overcoming the man laws for the man who wants to be his best, despite what he was taught. Make sure you guys write that down. For the ones that are listening. Yeah. Yeah. So I I take I take five lessons that I've learned and I break them out into those eight pillars because those are the things that I kind of really grappled with. And and that was my journey, my journey Mm. of self-discovery and leadership in navigating relationships, in really dealing with my mental stamina and and wondering as it relates to authenticity, can I make all of these adjustments and still be the guy who I would like to be? Or is it going to change me into somebody that I don't know? And and all of those kinds of things. And I learned something. I learned that you cannot demand what you have not first developed. So many of the things that I, many of the brick walls I ran into, whether it be in my relationship, whether it be in my personal development, whether it be in my professional relationships, my personal relationships outside of marriage. I went into a lot of those scenarios needing or wanting something that I had not already attempted to develop in myself. And every time the clash of what I needed clashed up against the deficiency that I had in that area, I always saw a problem. Could you and elaborate that a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, so I'll give you just a, a, a simple example of that. Right. So, All right. N- Needing, needing someone to be trustworthy for me or to respect me and to give me that level of trust that I needed in whatever the particular scenario is, let's talk about it. Let's, let's put it in marriage. So needing my wife to respect me or wanting my wife to respect me, needing my wife to, to trust me in certain areas but yet I could not be trustworthy. And so every time we reach a scenario where trust needed to flow both ways in order for either a decision to be made or for us to move through a particular stage in our relationship, the need for trust clashing up against the deficiency of me not being trustworthy would always cause a problem. Oh, okay. level of conflict, some level of disconnect, some level of, oh, well, you know what, forget about it, whatever it is. And I'd start, I'd see that, started to see that pattern, not just in my marriage, but just professional relationships, all of all different types of things. And then one day realizing, wait a minute, it's not them. I, it's me. Mm -hmm. I'm expecting these things to happen. And I'm expecting these things to flow in this direction towards me, but I'm not doing any personal work to become the person that will allow it to flow the other way. Okay, so that that makes sense because when you first said it, I mean
0: the verbiage of it made sense, but mm-hmm. I was kind of racking in my brain trying to make a connection to like an example to see like
1: gotcha. what you
0: meant. Kind of same thing like what you said about the communication is key for relationships. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was trying to see how it applies. And so when you explained it like that, it makes a lot of sense and it reminds me of a conversation I had with a past guest where we talked about um, like we were talking about like traditional households, And how one of the things that, one of the things that's like really important, like for the man's role in a traditional house is being that leader and getting that respect. From, from the people within his house to where they look at his decisions and they have confidence in him in in whatever it is that he's doing. And something that we talked about is that uh, while a lot of men may want to be in that sort of traditional role to be like head of the house, the breadwinner and all that. A lot of them may not look at themselves and say, is that even a role that I deserve to be in with the skill set that I have? Or let's say they get into it, they get married or whatever, and they aren't getting the respect that they want from their kids or their wife. And they might look at them and say, look, they're the problem and try and, you know, assert their dominance on them, but they might not ever look at themselves and wonder, why is it that I don't get that respect? What is it that I'm doing that's leading to them not seeing me? in that way that they need to see me to, to leave the house. And so yeah. I think that's a really good point that you just made that kind of
1: aligns with that. And, and let me say this too, since you brought up the leadership, especially as it relates to in the home, mm-hmm. I've learned that that leadership has, it can't look like we can't align it with what corporate leadership looks like. So if you look at like leadership in terms of like the C-suite and the executive level folks, there are always going to be certain a certain uh, component of that that allows them to not do certain tasks because they can delegate them or it's just not in, it doesn't align with who they are. For a great example, I have never seen a CEO clean a bathroom. Mm-hmm. That's just, it doesn't align with that that title. But in relationships, it can't be that way. So a lesson that I learned was that leadership often looks, or I won't say often, but sometimes looks more like maintenance man than CEO. There's some maintenance level tasks. There's some things that you got to do within the household that helps to undergird the the household. And some of those don't look like top down tasks. Some of those look like things where you got to be a little bit vulnerable. Some of those look like things where you, you know, you really have to show some level of integrity or you have to, let's, let's get even grassroots. You got to physically maybe do some things that don't align with your role or what you think your role is based on how you were raised or whatever the case may be. An easy one, case in point, like I know guys who are like, I'm never cooking or washing the dishes because that just not, a man don't do that. So, I'm like, okay, but are you okay with the conflict that that causes? Like, is it easier for you to just do that maintenance role every once in a while, wash the dishes for in order to see some level of continuity in your relationship? Are you willing to make that adjustment? And some people aren't because their ideology of leadership is that top down mentality. It doesn't work. I've learned it does not work in relationships. Hmm. So, it seems like what the issue is, is that. A lot of people in relationships are
0: making the role more important than the functionality between all the people involved. And so they're yep. prioritizing their self-image and like whatever your role they think that they're supposed to play, as opposed to being that servant leader or that maintenance man, like you said, that says, hey, whatever
1: my family needs me to do, I'm going to get it done. Right. That's 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 it. Exactly. And it goes back to now building up yourself based on who you want to be and not necessarily the role you want to fit in so if i'm a if i want to be a man of integrity i want to be someone who is a a leader i want to be someone who is trustworthy i want to be someone who can be counted on i want to be somebody who is can can serve in a way that meets the needs of the people that i care about coming from that mentality. Then you you're gonna do what you just said. You're gonna do whatever it is that you need to do in order to see success in this particular scenario, as opposed to trying to align yourself with a particular role. Ah, got you. So, just to clarify,
0: what you're saying is that instead of aligning with a job description, you could say what we need to strive to do is align ourselves with different values or principles, because you can apply those values and principles to anything and everything. Meanwhile the job description, like, oh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to cook. I'm not going
1: to clean. That's rigid. Yep, exactly. And, and I feel like, and and what I tell guys often is, is identify the end game. So what, what is it that you actually want? Oh, I want people to respect me. Oh, I want to, I want to, I want to be loved by this woman. Oh, I want my kids to see me as this. What's the end game. Once you establish the end game, it's like building a house, like come up with the blueprint. What do you want the house to look like? We got to do that first. Then once we do that, okay, what what materials do we need? What are the characteristics that we need? What is what is the training that we need? What is the life experience that we need in order to accomplish that? And then when they kind of approach it from that, they're like, oh, okay. All right. Yeah, I need to, yeah, I mean, I need to start doing this, or maybe I need to stop doing that. Or yeah, I do my mindset does need to change, or my behavior, yeah, okay, I, I can see where this tweak here could help. Very different approach at that point. Uh, okay okay I see
0: and so it all makes sense and I know one thing is for sure it can definitely uh, hurt a man's identity whenever he does do the other thing we are talking about where you base who you are on the role instead of the values because whenever you have to step out of that role it makes you feel lesser mm-hmm. you know I've I made it I made an example about this in like a an early episode I did where I talked about it's better for us to base our identity in these values like you were just talking about than it is on the actual things that we do. Because like, let's say you base like your self-worth and who you are in like your job. Let's say I base it in my job. Like, oh, I gained all my value from being a podcaster. I gain all my value from my income and my job or something like that. OK, let's say the podcast flops or I get taken off the air or let's say I lose my job. What value do I have left as, as a man? If that's what I base my worth in. Right. But yeah. then getting into what you said about the values, you can keep values no matter where you are. And that's really why I think is the healthiest way that you can move through life, work and in relationships like what you're talking about, because as long as you're sticking to those values, you're still intact as a man. And you can have that strong sense of self to be able to lead
1: or step into whatever role that you need to step in. Yeah, I agree with that. And I I tell guys too, man, I even because you have some guys, they got to, they got to be able to place it in a certain parameter in order for them to really grasp it. So for some guys, I'm like, look at it as as strategy, right? Because a lot of guys are a little bit more logistical in nature, right? So think about what's the strategy that you have to put in place in order to accomplish the goals that you have, whether they be life goals, whether they be career goals, relationship goals, what's the strategy, right? Just like you would strategize in a game to make sure that you create the correct plays and you have the correct matchups, so that, you know, defensively and offensively, you can, you, you can execute in the way that you want to do the same thing with your personal development. And then don't do it by yourself if you don't have to. Right. Right. I was able to observe somebody. So in the, in the book, I talk about observation, training, execution, and feedback, and the fact that all guys should go through that with someone and then take somebody else through that. Right. So, mm-hmm. so find the person who you feel like is executing on the level that you want to execute or is, is living out the end game that you've described once you identify it, and watch what they do. Implement some of the things. Now, obviously, again, we talked about in the beginning, there's no cookie cutter. So obviously you you may not be able to take everything they do and all of their ideologies, but look at the things that are working for them. Take the things that you can take that align with the end game that you've identified and begin to execute and hopefully build a relationship with that person that allows you to gain some feedback from them that you can then take and tweak in a way that allows you to craft the strategy to reach the goal that you need to reach.
0: Got it. Got it. And you made a key point earlier, whenever you're explaining this, where you talked about, uh, how do I put it? How do I put it? You talked about gaining that awareness to be able to even like make these changes or even to be able to go out and look for, I guess the, the feedback and everything to be able to execute in the first place. So as far as doing something to gain more awareness of where it is that like young men might be lacking, what are some recommendations that you would give? I know life experiences is, is definitely one, but one thing I noticed is I've gained most of my awareness whenever I've found ways to step out of my comfort zone in areas that were going to challenge those places where I happen to be weak. A lot of times it was on accident just from doing something new other times it was strategic to kind of get a better idea like where i stood but what are some things that you recommend
1: The what you said is a big one attempting to stretch yourself is a big one and i know that's difficult because that takes some level of stepping you know, there's some fear you got to get over and some apprehension you got to get over to do that but that's a big one S- stepping out into situations that stretch you and let me be honest right because People who know me know that I I'm going to be honest. I'm going to give you both sides of the coin. There are some people that are not going to get to that point until the bottom drops out. Hmm. It's just it just is what it is. It's unfortunate. But for some people, they have to hit a brick wall to be like, okay, wait a minute. What direction should I be going in? Something's not working right. Right. So there are there's going to be that group of people. Then there's going to be the group of people that you describe that is like, hey, you know what? I'm just I'm looking for the next challenge. They already innately have that go-getter mindset. They just don't know how to apply it. They don't know where to put that energy. So they're like, man, I'm looking for that next thing. And those people will most likely be willing to get into something that will stretch them, right? Then you're going to have the group of people who just through um, relationships, through associations, through by accident, like you said, just kind of fall into an experience where they're like, oh, I like this. I think this is where I want to be. And and that kind of happened for me. So I, I talk about, and it's funny, it came up in my feed today. There's a guy I love dearly. He's no longer alive. Dr. Anthony Kelly. He was a guy who married me and my wife. That's kind of how it happened with me. So I grew up in a household where my parents are still together, but I had a different ideology around marriage. I just, there was just something that I, I didn't see that I was like, man, if I want if I, get married I would it's something I can't put my finger on but I know it's going to be that that I want so again being a musician he was a pastor I was hanging out with him playing at his churches doing some different things in the midwest and just stumbled into the situation where I was like oh this is the kind of marriage I'm looking for after you know cuz there was a summer that I lived with him while I was playing and saw how he interacted with his wife and how he interacted with his kids i was like that's it i couldn't put my finger on it before but this is it and so you're going to have that group of people so it just depends on what group you fall into that determines the path that that leads you to that level of self-discovery and for some people don't one extreme like i said it's going to be that rock bottom moment where they're like oh yeah there ain't nowhere else to go so all right what's next all the way to those people who just happen to either have an ounce of go-getter in them or kind of fall into the, the scenario that allows them to open their eyes, so to speak. These are all great
0: points. So I'm glad that you broke it down like that and put it into the different examples for everybody to be able to digest. And I'll say one thing, when you made that marriage example where you talked about seeing the marriage that you wanted. Mm-hmm. And you said, this is what I'm going to push towards. It reminded me of one of the earlier questions that I asked you where we were talking about what were some of the different areas where like you saw that you were struggling or lacking that made it to where it was tough in your marriage. And mm-hmm. the first one that you mentioned was trust. And that mm-hmm. was due to you not being a trustworthy person. What would you say was um was another primary one that you had to work on to make it to where you could have a, a functional relationship?
1: I, I'll tell you a big one. Selfishness. I just and 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 it wasn't even selfishness in a malicious way it was just I had grown up always and and we teach our kids this we teach you know it's just it's common it's I don't think it's wrong it's just I grew up with this you know take care of yourself look out for yourself when I got to college there were a lot of things I had to do I was kind of halfway paying for it for myself there were just some things that I was like okay you ain't about to get me so I'm gonna put put these walls up. I'm going to put these parameters up. I'm going to put you at bay. I'm going to do whatever I need to do to make sure I'm always protected. But then I took that into marriage. Mm. So now I have her at bay. I got walls up around me, you know, that she can't get past and I'm still doing that. Excuse me. Uh, And it was just causing you, you can only do that for so long before you realize that you're not moving successfully through a scenario that where the singular mindset is no longer the thing that's going to get you through you have to switch to a mindset where duality reigns and until you do that at some point you're going to hit a brick wall and i did i hit that wall where i was like okay if i if i need this to go on successfully something's got to give and at the time i didn't even i'll be honest with you at the time i didn't realize it was selfishness i didn't realize it was me that had to give I, even when I made that realization where I was like, something has to give, I was still trying to get her to do other stuff as opposed to trying to get me to do stuff. And then realize, wait a minute, dude, you're living, you're literally living in this marriage like you're single. And so you got to make some changes. So selfishness for me was a very, uh, was a big hurdle to get across. And, and I, I did what I often don't tell people to do, but this worked for me. I went to the opposite extreme. So when I realized it, I was like, okay, you know what? Here's my strategy. I'm going to go into service mode. Let me figure out what that looks like to meet her needs. And then later on in life, we did an exercise that really helped me where we were able to identify our most important emotional needs and then talk through what that looks like and how I could facilitate meeting those and that helped. But in the beginning, I was like, okay, let me just try to beat her to the punch. Hmm and And just do these things or say these things, or not do these things, or not say these things, and then see what happens and that slowly but surely got me out of that selfish mindset
0: I got you and that's uh it's interesting how it worked like to where you just made that complete flip, and then it fixed everything, and it was something about the way that you broke down that story and told it mm-hmm. that made me kind of reflect on something within myself and it reminds me of something that like a uh, my coach had talked to me about. And so he, he told me that I have a, a hypersensitivity to threats. And the reason why what you said reminded me of that is because when you talked about looking out for yourself and making sure that that you were good and that this person wouldn't do this or that to you, it kind of made me think of like the approach that I, I've taken in a lot of my personal relationships, like even family, friends, all of that to where I would always have that little bit of like skepticism about anybody and everybody. And it made it to the point to where I would never go into these relationships with people, or at least initially, with uh with the energy that that you would that like a healthy person would have. You know, you'd be hanging out with somebody for months or like over like years. And Mm -hmm. there'd always be something kind of in the back of my mind where maybe they said something in a way that I didn't like or maybe there was a way that they went about communicating. We're not communicating. That kind of rubbed me the wrong way, yeah. and these things are kind of compound. And I could build this whole scenario in the back of my mind as to what might be going on behind the scenes when it was completely ridiculous. And so I don't know why, but it just reminded me of that whenever whenever you said it. It's not as much of an issue anymore, but I've def- I've definitely noticed it to where I'll look at someone else and think that you know there's this whole like plot going on and it's like okay not everybody is a is like a a sociopath or something trying to attack you
1: Mm -hmm. yeah that's true and let me tell you what I what I've what I've done I'm not gonna say this is for everybody but I'll tell you what I've done because to be clear right some of that is necessary let's just be Mm -hmm. clear about that right because obviously you can't be that person who lets everybody in and you, you know, you now you become you open yourself up to get taken advantage of. So some of that is necessary. It's about really finding where that balance is. And for me, what helped me because it was difficult for me to find the balance between really keeping myself closed off and being open enough to allow certain relationships to grow. What I learned is I, I, I can ask questions. And what I would do is I would ask a question. That would, quote unquote, force the other person to kind of show their hand and not in a manipulative way, but just I need some explanation. I need some clarification that will make me feel comfortable enough to say, okay, I can move the needle this much and we'll be okay, Or Mm -hmm. I can move the needle this much and we'll be okay. And I started doing that. And as I started doing that and realizing, hey, that's the question. As long as I don't pose something in a way that comes across as an attack or allow. Or makes the other person shut down. I learn sometimes what I need to learn that allows me to make the the decision that I need to make in regards to how far I can move the needle.
0: Gotcha. And it makes sense. And I guess you can say in a way, I've kind of applied the, the same principle, but I would say it's something that I could definitely use some work in because a whole lot of that processing which is going in my head instead of me saying, okay, so this is like a, a hint I have, let me go ask some questions to clarify and actually get more of a a defined answer. It will really end up with me just kind of processing everything that I've noticed up until that point on my own and making a lot of assumptions. Mm-hmm. And so I know that's something I could, that's a skill I could
1: probably hone a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we've been there, trust me. I'm laughing because I've done it as well. I've done it as well. I've created the whole scenario in my mind and then I act on that scenario and God forbid I'm dead wrong. Now I've blown the situation up. <laughs> right. Right. So, yeah, I've what, been there.
0: I've been one there. thing
1: I will say is that,
0: like, I guess that's one strength to where even though I will have like that idea, I'll, most of the time I'll say, cause it has happened. I'll say like a few times, most of the time I'll just keep those cards to my chest mm-hmm. until it actually is like confirmed. And then like I, I move forward, but there have been times where, you know, I may have jumped the gun, on something, and you know, that does definitely make things kind of awkward. So yeah, I get it. Yeah. Understood. yeah Understood. But um but yeah, just uh just one more. If we could keep on standing at uh the same topic. So we talked Absolutely. about the trust, we talked about the selfishness. What would you say if we came up with a big three? What would you say was that third thing that you had to work on?
1: I would say the third thing, um, so we talked about trust, we talked about selfishness. I think the third thing, man, is just, I had to really kind of make a decision. And I know this is going to sound simple, but it was tough. I had to actually decide that I wanted to be consistent. So that's the decision I had to make. I had already decided, Hey, I think this is what I want to do. This is the kind of person I want to be, but I, the consistency piece was an issue in the beginning. And so you know, if you're building something, you think about building a house, right? If you start real strong for the first, you know, three weeks, but then you leave it dormant for a year. Like I I know an, ex- an exact example of a house we used to ride by for like two or three years, humongous house, still unfinished. So now when you go back, who knows what you got to do? You may have to tear some stuff down because the elements got to it or animals got to it or whatever, you may have to backtrack in order to even pick up where you left off. And so I was kind of noticing that. So in the beginning, I got a good heart. I got great intentions. I do it for a month and then you can't find me, (laughs) you know? And so I had to really kind of say, okay, listen, and it's really just a, it's a decision you got to make. Like it's not anything that you could do for me or anybody else could do for me. I had to sit down and be like, okay, dude, you're a grown man. You can choose to be consistent and put whatever parameters in place you need to in order to be consistent. Don't bite off more than you can chew. Don't promise more than what you can deliver at that particular moment in time. But whatever it is you say, stick to it. Because I said I wanted to be a man of integrity and that was part of it. So I would say that would be that would be the other one for me if I had to do a big three. Consistency. Yeah,
0: that's a big one. Because when you're trying to craft yourself into a a new man or when you're trying to make sure you align with a a certain sort of identity, that's going to be the main thing that's going to determine your success in that area. You know, if you want to be a man of integrity, if you want to exercise empathy in your relationships or, you know, show devotion to what you're involved in your, your wife, your girlfriend, whoever it is, that's going to take you making consistent tough decisions that might not always be the easiest, but, mm-hmm. you know, for them to be in alignment, for you yeah. to be in alignment anyway, those are decisions that you're going to have to make. Identity, they are. Yeah, an identity can't waver. You can't, you know, shift or make a different decision when it's convenient. If that's your identity, that's how it needs to be the majority of the
1: time. Yeah, and and I agree with you. And for me, here's the issue I had. For me, it was that I would put in a certain amount of work. I'm like, okay, all right, I'm, I'm on it. I'm making these changes. I'm doing these things. And I wouldn't see any result. I wouldn't see any fruit of the labor. Certain relationships didn't look like they were growing. Certain things didn't seem like they were, you know, moving in my favor as a result of the shifts that I was making and I get discouraged. So I, I, I run across a lot of guys who they're like, oh yeah, we're going to do this. And they, they, they hit the ground strong, but they don't see any fruits of their labor. They're like, oh man, I'm good. This is a waste of time. I could just be me. And still have the same result, and so that was kind of part of it for me. And and then realizing through relationships, through mentoring, through different things, hey, this is a process. If 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 I give you the blueprints to a house, you don't get the keys the next day. <laughs> like there's a process. You got to put a frame up. You got matter of fact, you got to dig something first. You got to move some stuff out of the way. So then you can build a foundation. Then you got to put a frame. You got to do all these things before you get to the point where you're cutting the ribbon. It's the same way in life. But in order to get to that point, if you're not consistent, that process is going to take way longer than it probably should if you're going to keep stopping and starting. And so that's when I was like, all right, let me just dig my heels in. Let me see. Let's let's see it through. See what happens.
0: Right. And then one thing I'll say to add to that is that going through that same process, when you start to um, you start to see the changes in how other people interact with you. For you being more consistent in those areas, it makes it to where it gives you more energy to keep on doing it because you actually see that it's working. Like I knew, I knew like when I was becoming a more consistent person, when I was uh, establishing myself as somebody with integrity, I started to notice that the people around me started acting differently. I noticed that my relationships started growing and becoming better whenever I started working on being a more empathetic person being somebody that was more considerate and more like that, the servant leader, kind of like what you talked about. That's why I noticed a whole bunch of changes and how like those relationships I had around me were a lot more fulfilling. And mm-hmm. so I'll say once that moment comes, it definitely does make it to where, you know, that you're along the right track yep. whenever you're trying to build that foundation in that, that house. Like you said,
1: you hit the nail on the head. That's it. That seeing that progress is motivation to keep moving.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And so I see we're coming up close on time. Actually, we're over time. So definitely don't want to hold you up too much more. But um, for those people that will want to find your content and everything, could you get them some information so they would know where to look?
1: Absolutely. Probably the easiest thing to do is to go to my website, which is Denali, D as in David, E, N as in Nancy, O-L-I. It's just my wife's first three letters of Denise and first three letters of Oliver. So D-E-N-O-L-I dot org from there you can get everything social media blog uh youtube podcast all of that from there so that's the best way to connect um with me but definitely yeah follow me on instagram um i'm on instagram a lot again you can go to the website and and get me from there as well um but yeah that's probably the central hub all right great
0: well that works well uh uh, I just want to say, I really appreciate you coming on to the show. I think we talked about some great stuff and I think you offered a lot of value. And so I'd hope that the people listening to this uh, can take away some of these things that you talked about, like the process, if I'm correct, that was uh observation, training, execution, and feedback. Mm. And can use that whenever they start to gain that awareness, we were talking about
1: to uh, make sure that they become more well-rounded men. Yeah, absolutely, man. It was my pleasure. This was an awesome conversation. Thank you for the opportunity. Oh yeah, great, great. Good to hear that you enjoyed it. Indeed. All right then, hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Take care. You too, thank you.